Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $50 to win $200. Just bet $50 and win $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. It is Double Drop Wednesday. It is David Vibora time. Chris and David are in Studio J, reminiscing about some good times on the St. Louis Rams, the rookie show, learning from vets, how David ended up a starter in the league thanks to a parking lot fire, and finding his purpose after the game. Thanks for tuning into this one. Y'all take care. So Dave, I've known you how many years? What was we, we got drafted in 2008. 15? We're old. Going on 15 years. <laughs> so David Vibora uh, is a guy that like, you, you know when you get to college, say, uh, and you meet the first person at your dorm, shout out to Tom Sandy, who I played with, uh, but like, there's that one guy that you meet and you click with right away and you're like, all right, we're in this together. Me and Dave were those guys I felt like early in St. Louis in 2008, drafting the same class. Yours uh, a little before me. Yeah, so Dave bears the title Mr. Irrelevant, but I always, whenever somebody talks about a Mr. Irrelevant, I'm like, dude, one of the most relevant people I know was drafted last <laughs> in the NFL in 2008. Like, incredibly relevant, incredibly important work you've done after football, and you had a hell of a career. I so I want to welcome David Vibora to the podcast. I'm stoked to be yeah. with you, man. Yeah, dude, it's great. You, I've been in town for a couple of days, and it's been great to see you and your family, man. Uh, and this show is something that I've always been a fan of since you launched it. I was psyched. Uh, you should tell me that earlier, dude. Like, <laughs> well, you know, like part of the stress of this show is like, do my friends like this show? <laughs> Maybe the most important part. <laughs> yeah, and you're just sitting there quietly liking the show. Hey, man, if you looked at my Instagram, you know I liked it. Mm-hmm. You're the man. I'll tell you this though the 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 first pick of the draft for the Rams, and then the last pick, um, like rookie camp and times, it was just like I always seemed to be like habits, like whether you're in the ice tub together or whatever. Like our habits were similar, <laughs> you know. You'd be like, oh, you're here too. Well, and not just inside of Rams Park. Yeah. And so we ended up having yeah, some true. fun. That's true. We yeah. frequented the same uh, same areas. We ran hard back in the day, man. We were saying what a blessing it was 
to be drafted to the St. Louis Rams. Now, you could not tell the 23-year-old me that. Right. Not to say I wasn't excited the first, you know, when they called my name, I was excited, but I also knew it was going to be a big challenge because the team wasn't great. Sure. And the city was also not like, you know, St. Louis is a great time. It's a baseball time, town. It's a baseball the, town. the team picking one was Miami. So yeah. the delta between those two rookie experiences, yeah. I think I'd have been dead. Honestly, I think Jake. I think Jake Long handled it. He got that handled. Compared to how Chris Long might have. What was your first thought when you heard St. Louis? You know, and did you want to go undrafted? So, yeah, I mean, you know, your slate is a fifth, sixth round pick. Like he rolls on, and and sometimes it's better to be able to choose, you know, where where you're going to actually go and have a better suited fit. But Scott Linehan was our coach at the time. He was an Idaho Vandal. Right? Oh right, Go that was the So like, there was a there was some he believed in me, but like there was that affinity too. Yeah. So I was like, all right, this is a good fit, and I was stoked to be. I mean, most of my friends were no joke drunk and passed out because it had been going on. Like draft party started that Sunday early. You guys do the draft right? Oh Idaho. man, what's yeah. the name of the city there? It's Moscow. Mo- yeah. Oh yeah, it's not yeah. Moscow. It's the it's only Moscow. The only Moscow we like right now. True. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> facts. <laughs> Honestly, that place. Yeah, the Russians, when the Russians are fucking up, the people of Moscow are like, all right, we'll take it from <laughs> We're <there."> all right. <laughs> we, uh, you got to go to the Kibbe Dome one day, by the way. To I would the love to. Can you tell me what's going on in that motherfucker? Because it's one of the most unique. It's like they built it to be a warehouse, and then there were the no Looks offense. like an airplane hangar. Yeah, what's going on in there? Uh... There's been some renovations, so... Okay, let me look this motherfucker. I tell you this, man. There's, there's, uh... There's a stench. We call it the Kibbe Cough. Like you, uh, you exercise much less. Play a football game inside of the Kibbe Dome, and your lungs. There's carcinogens. I'm just gonna call it asbestos dome. <laughs> but now, man, it, I, I always think about like you bought you bought that Mercury Grand Marquis, yeah, the baby blue one. I did, and we would roll around St. Louis as as rookies, yeah. like trying to be incognito, and there's no chance to yeah. like we were that, yeah, and we. Uh, I feel like there was a couple of times like Milwaukee in, in training camp yep. where like the, the things that we had to do, especially as rookies on a defense only had like, we had like four rookies. Yeah. So we had to do things for the veterans that were just ridiculous. Older league back then. Yeah. Which. Oh yeah. We had to sing together. Yeah. Like in the cafeteria. This is like Michael Phelps Olympics year. Yeah. Remember yeah, that was yeah, the yeah, cool yeah. part about camp. Yeah. yeah. But we, we sang you lost that love and feeling. We did. We did a duet, which was, was a genius thing. Cause if you're like going to get drafted, you know, you're probably going to have to sing for the vets. You got to do a duet. Nobody uh, like hard knocks guys always miss this. They're yeah. always getting out there trying to carry so the low. whole show, dude, get a co-host. I think uh, that got us off the hook early. Definitely off the hook. Uh, but the rookie show is where you came yeah. to inform. Yeah. So, so the rookie show. And honestly, when you think back, the rookie show was maybe the first time in my life when looking back, the 37-year-old me would be like, yeah, he, he could have a podcast one day. You know, like, because we definitely had to be creative. <laughs> we had to be creative that night, dude. The, you know, the like, effort that this rookie class, shout out to the 2008 Rams rookie class, <laughs> if anyone was listening. So, so, we, the amount of emphasis, like, we would do doubles and then we'd come in and, like, plan. Like, there was a run of show. But like, people we gotta had understand a what a rookie show is. Like, yeah, yeah. Tell, you, you tell get, them why the so rookie you, show yeah. exists. So, you get to, to campus, so to speak. And by the way, we're in Mequon. Uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, uh, Concordia University. 
the weather's nice, but back in the day, there were real two-a-days. Yeah. I mean, your it's pads are still wet from the morning practice. Yeah. Um, I'm sleeping on a little cot next to Adam Carricker, dude. <laughs> they just were like, oh, these two white guys will it's probably a, get along. That's a big man, too. You know, he's snoring and shit. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, and we're walking to everything. Anyways, at night, uh, we were tasked with uh, figuring out how to do a rookie show, like the last night of camp. Yeah. And the vets, as soon as you get there, are like, you, that rookie show better be good. Like, it's kind of like they're going to beat you up if it's, it's a, not It's good. a long tradition. I don't know how it's evolved to today, but like I don't some know if of the. They're doing rookie shows. Uh, probably not, because I heard stories. The chaos that had ensued <laughs> left us with an. A standard that was yeah. beyond yeah 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 what we were prepared for we were hearing for. about old nfl things going on in these rookie shows so we had to well chris wrote a rap yeah he completed it. he finished it the at the very end with a rap tell so, us about so it so i don't remember the the words but at the end i had to i had to like there was a punchline and it was something like let's get the fuck out of concordia or something because it was the last and i, I, I remember about, people cheering <laughs> well there's that <laughs> what was it about Do you remember the part about one of our teammates was it was it one of our teammates unit yeah and how small it was yeah yeah well so they get up they, they, they make you get up there and they're like better be good rookie i'm like oh so we can like like at all costs and they're like at all costs and you're like, so I can make fun of you? And they're like, yeah, give, yeah fucking rookie, you're going to make fun of us. So I get up there, and I'm just sniping people. Dude, shots I'm sniping fired. People. I'm sniping, Smoke. talking about this guy's dick. This guy had a dick like a button. Yeah. I, what was the... We won't name names. It was like a, a Monopoly thimble. <laughs> That's a piece he didn't want. No, like, and I was like sitting in the shower one day. Not that I was looking, but this was a big guy. Yeah. And I was like, up oh, going in the rookie show. But he, he, he the way he landed it... <laughs> was like it was eight mile stuff like yeah. it was for our rookie class it was like hunger games you know and he <laughs> he let it out it was so good the, Look, we went a little far on a guy or two but we did the whole award show like you know it was a rap the rap was like the end of it but by the end like i could have farted on stage didn't matter because of how great we were man yeah. we did the rammies which is this like award show where we gave it's out like all kangaroo the, court there dude. was this guy and he was dating chicks that that were like dating other guys, girlfriends and stuff. And you know, this is survival mode, man. We're in survival mode. Like we're like, I'm not getting fucking booed, dude. I remember my freshman year of college, I went up and did this skit and it was terrible. I got booed and I will never, ever let that happen again. Yeah. So I came to play. There was this guy that was dating promiscuous women. We gave him the captain save a hoe award. People were going nuts, dude. And the guy basically had to get escorted up there by the other guys on the team. He wouldn't come, man. He, he didn't come. want to come up and get his Rammy, but we had all types of awards. We were shit. We were piss drunk yeah, back yeah, there, yeah. dude. Yeah, that was a cool Behind part. Behind the curtain, it was an auditorium. Yeah. So guys are sitting, you know, yeah. like 100 feet up. And yeah. I'd be curious to know about other teams' rookie shows, not just today, but just like. I don't think they're as good as that one. That was so because yeah, we put a lot into it, and then the morning you wake up hungover and gotta go to practice, and then get on the flight back to uh, yeah. to St. Louis. But, but we hadn't even seen like a female in like no, dude. No, so no, we no. were excited to get back to civilization. The wireless uh, internet at that point in 2008 wasn't as good. Like I don't think. I don't think porn was uploading the same way. Dial-up was <laughs> Dudes better. were in their room. Yeah. It might as well have been in Shawshank, minus that <laughs> scene. But, like, you don't want to go over there. But but the dudes were in the room just probably, like, AOL doc, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> was there even free porn in 2008? 
You had to have a DVD. I, I don't know, man. I, I, at that point, I just, I know that I needed to get back to St. Louis. We did. And we, you know, we went to Milwaukee one night. We, we had all this, like, we wanted a party, right? Yeah, we we wanted we to go time. out and get drunk because we were 23. We never do something like that now. But we were, we circled the night off and Milwaukee was an hour away. And that was like, that was our, Big I don't deal. know. I don't know, like Paris. We couldn't wait to go. <laughs> <laughs> and we had all these big plans. We got a couple hotel rooms and we started pre-gaming. And next thing you know, I woke up in all my clothes the next morning. We didn't leave. We didn't even leave the hotel room. <laughs> so we got so fucked up at the hotel, we didn't make it out. Um, and that was that was camp, man. But uh, we lost a lot yeah, in St. Louis. Like, um, What was that like for you? Because I don't think we ever... like really talked it out like mature human beings. I think we compartmentalized it. Yeah, but I'll of, say this, like the crew that we had was pretty special. I know again, didn't necessarily translate, but like it makes it better when you're suffering with people and bros. Like it, it almost galvanized us in a way. And I wish that we could have seen success. galvanized us into doing something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were all galvanized. Know, we were so we were galvanized. In place. We were together <laughs> out to dinner and <laughs> doing other things. It galvanized us to Morton's. Yeah, but I'll tell you this, like I, I, I still think that locker room and every locker room that you're a part of, it's just so like guys love. work so hard. Like that's what people don't realize. And I think, I mean, I'm sure they assume, but it does. they don't know what it looks like. And like you said something to me this morning while we were like eating breakfast, it was like, man, over my career, I had to look for less extrinsic motivation and more intrinsic. Yeah. And that's like, dude, like that's valuable in life for anybody. Yeah. But for you, you had to kind of redefine that over your career. Right. And I know I've done that post career, which is a difficulty yeah. for a lot of players, period. Hard stop, no matter what sport. Yeah, it's tough. But that's the... I mean, your brother's recently, right? Like yeah. going through that My stuff brother's too. going through that, so I kind of know what he's going through. Yeah. You got to like reinvent yourself, but that's, I think, the, the thing people miss. And when you talk about the locker room, I think some people imagine, you know, I played on two Super Bowl teams. People are like, man, you guys are probably still really tight. I'm like, yeah, I love those guys. Oh, that, that D-line in Philly was the best. I'm like, it was a really good D-line, but there yeah. was one that nobody saw, and we are really close. You know, all the guys... Yeah. Uh, in St. Louis, whether it was the Spags years or the Fisher years, guys that came after you, before you, yeah. guys that like, we were talking about James Hall, Leroy Glover, like I, Fred Robbins, people <laughs> like that. I got so much love for those guys and probably a lot of it has to do with the hardship. Yeah. You know, because- You had to soldier up, man. You had to we had figure to, it out. We had to, it was a lot of stress. I think I was probably going through a lot in St. Louis, dude. And, well, and I didn't realize it. No, but it forged you. And like, that's even what you do with the, I mean, we climb Kilimanjaro together, like, yeah. and it's a little microcosm of like, dude, it's a privilege to experience something like that, mm -hmm. but there's difficulties that come up. And like, that's what, why that, I think about our Keeley crew and the closeness of that. Yeah. yeah. And the, like, it, yeah. cause it was forged. Right. And so the, you, the, those pinnacle moments are badass, but the real reality is like the people that you have to get in the trenches with. Those are the people that, because you, you feel like you know them. No, you know, no. like uh, they've seen you, go, you at you your go, worst. How many bachelor parties you've been to? Yeah, like fifteen dudes, like all that no. shit. You, they used to be cool to hear about. Like I can't wait for that. Now I would be petrified Never. if somebody yep. told me I had to go to a bachelor party. I'm so fucking tired <laughs> from doing this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm too tired to it's go to podcast. New Orleans. Uh, <laughs> but like, how tight are you with the dude that you met at the bachelor party? No, not not but you could go on a three-day four-day really tough mm -hmm. you know climb 
with some cats mm-hmm. and you'd be lifelong friends. And yeah. that's because of the hardship, you know? Yeah. Um, so now what the fuck are you doing? Tell people what you're doing. Man, that sinks perfect. Cause the veteran side of that's yep. like pretty synonymous in mindset and approach. Right. And so, um, you know, when I got out of the league 2012, like honest to God and the, my story, I'll, I'll sum it up quick, but he knows like I didn't cope well. I had a shoulder injury and then opiates led to more pills and more things. And it was just like, do, 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 do. And I ended up in a detox and then ended up in rehab, but it was the best thing that could have happened, you know? And like, yeah. for me, that was the like catapult being pulled back for more important things. And I had a chance to come back. Like yeah. Spags went to new Orleans and when they called, I, and this is a true story. It was like, it was like picking up the phone and knowing that like you needed to break up with your girlfriend. It was a heavy moment, but I was like clear, like, dude, all right, it's time. Yeah. And I was like, and I, and I told him, I was like, I think I'm going to retire. And he's like, you got snaps left. What are you doing? Yeah. And I appreciated that. It was flattering, but I'm like, no, it's, it's time. And I had no idea what I was going to do. I didn't have a plan, right? Being Mr. Irrelevant and trying to figure it out. Like I had no, it was just, yeah. I had to be fully committed. Every minute to minute. Yeah. Like it, it, you could, the front office guy could be there at the door after practice. And you knew that as soon as he made eye contact with you, like that was it. I saw it. You know, well, you saw it all the time. The Grim right? Reaper. Who was the Grim Reaper? Was it uh, Ray Agnew? Uh, I, and, I love uh, Ray. Ray. I love Ray. Man, well, I love a lot of the Grim Reapers. No, I know. But that's it, difficult. For home, people right? at home, the Grim Reaper is the person that brings you, that comes it. and gets your iPad. Yeah. Like when he walks around the corner at the end of camp, everybody's Dude, when we played for the Rams, we played Kansas City our last preseason game our rookie year. On the 40-minute flight back to St. Louis, the front office was cutting guys on the plane. I've never seen anything so cutthroat. One of my friends got cut on the plane. Dude, guys are like pretending to be asleep. Guys are like guys guys are like crying. Like, and this is no bullshit because that's that's real, man. Like these guys have worked their whole life and you know, rookies that are like, I don't know if I'm gonna get picked up. It's it's they don't know. But anyway, like, no, that's stay there though. That's the reality. Like I'll tell another reality when the when I actually became a starter in the league, which was cool, like as a Mr. Relevant, but like, we had fun. Yeah, Yeah, man. Like on the field, I'd look at Chris and he'd smile. We'd be in, you know, Seahawks stadium and look around and be like, one of my best NFL friends here. There's a couple of kids out here, like having fun. But But when you started, what happened? So I, well, the week before was the last preseason game, Chris draft linebacker, amazing human being, nicest guy. Like yeah. he has asthma and we were in Cincinnati and there was an RV f- uh, a fire in the parking lot. His asthma kicked up. Dude, I got in, I made a sack, a pass breakup, and then a tackle for loss. And there was a three and out. I made all three plays. You were definitely not playing in this game. Just no, by the so, way. So hold on a second though. <laughs> there was an RV fire out, out in the parking lot. Like, this like is, what happened to the dolphins down there in the yeah. parking lot. You see that car blew up. Yeah. So this, so draft is out there. Why is he in the parking lot? Yeah. Why is he out there? He's not in the parking lot. The okay. smoke came into the stadium. Stop it, dude. Bro, this is a true story. And it kicked up his asthma. He couldn't breathe. So I got in the game. Uh, and I, and as a strong, li- a strong side linebacker and I made these plays and there was the next morning it was right with cuts. Right. And he was cut and I was the starter because he was more expensive than me. Like that's a cold heart. And he was like a mentor to me. He was somebody I'd like glean wisdom from. And he's been in the league 13 years. I'm like, what do you know, man? What, what do I need to know? And you were talking about the reality that I felt like them cutting people on the plane ride back was gnarly. But like that Chris draft move for me, I was just like, I remember Tori Holt used to say that stuff to me all the time. Like, Hey man, document everything. Like you have to be your own, you know? Yeah, dude, you're an end of, you're the ultimate independent contractor that people associate with a team and you do have teammates, but nobody cares about your, 
uh-huh. you know, like your future, except for you. Right. And that's that's right. nuts, dude. That like like the dynamic. First off, could he sue Winnebago? <laughs> could he? Fair. Uh, was it a Winnebago? <laughs> I mean, whatever it was, we got to go back and check the cameras. But but like just the dynamic of competing with somebody who's a mentor. Yeah. You know, like um, yeah. I always talk about James Hall on this show, and yeah. you know how tight me and James got. But I don't think, and I don't know if you knew this, but first year James wasn't talking to your boy. I'll tell you a James Hall story. Yeah, my first start against the Miami Dolphins as a rookie when they were doing their Wildcat. That was the like prime Wildcat mm-hmm. yeah, like, when they when rolled Wildcat it out, was which was like I'm playing middle linebacker, so it involves a lot of checks and calls. Yeah. And Hazlitt was our D coordinator. Love Haz. <laughs> yeah, he was. But he was old school, and he just reamed you. Like, you come to the sideline, and you know you got motherfucked like crazy. Oh yeah. And uh, Hobble James over. Hall needed to like he was. You guys will have to tap like you hear the call, so I know that you know that we know. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't do it, and I looked at him, and James Hall had this way of just staring in your eyes, staring through your eyes and never saying or giving you anything. Yeah. And I'd be like, I like got pissed. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to do my job. I need you to do this. And he just gave me that. Bro. Bro. <laughs> James Hall, <laughs> he didn't talk to me for a year. Dude. Our lockers were next to each other. If James we played the sees same this, position. bro, I'm still scarred. I'm still traumatized <laughs> hey, from that moment hey. on the 12 yard line in Edward Jones Stadium. But that look, bro, that look, only he can give it. It is the most hollow. I I was in Detroit before I got here, motherfucker. <laughs> like like I like, know how to be like soulless. I, his eyes said I was in Detroit, kid. <laughs> you like, don't know. I'm not. I'm not interested in the call. Yeah. I'm gonna do my job. <laughs> yeah. And you need to go talk to somebody else. Yeah. And and it was like you know like he was a great vet when it came to leading by example that first year. And that's what I needed. I didn't need somebody to tell me all the answers. I needed to watch, yeah. you know, and I needed to go through it. Yeah. And um, there were challenges <laughs> for me my first year and a half. And <laughs> fucking James Hall ended up being one of my biggest, like, mentors. He ended up being a big brother to me. Once, like, I forget what the day was, but he just started trusting me or respecting me. And then we had this what do you relationship. Think it was? I don't know what it was. Was it a play you made? Was I'm not saying he didn't talk a... to me. Like no, no, no. Listen, no. like him and Freddie took me out to like we went to the Ritz Carlton bar on a Friday night in Seattle. Like when we went out yeah, there for yeah. a two day trip, you know, it wasn't for me. You know, having yeah. a vodka cranberry <laughs> on a Friday night, uh, getting ready to play. But like he just did. He, I was such a rookie to him, and maybe that's the old school NFL. You know. But by year two, there was something that clicked, and all of a sudden, he was legitimately like not just a leader by example, but like my biggest yeah. um, champion, dude. asset in the building. Yeah, you know, like somebody that you can hang your hat on. My dad is a big part of my life, right? Like yeah. growing up, being able to answer all the questions for me. Mm-hmm. He's not going to ensure success for me, but he can tell me what the roadmap looks like. Yeah. And, you know, getting there, it's like you almost need another father figure, dude. When you're a rookie, man. It's exactly what you need. You need somebody that, like, in, in the old NFL, there were guys like that. But now, the way it is. Bro, my locker mate was Leonard Little. Th- yeah. Dude, the scariest dude you could ever but, be. But very nice. But the kind He would talk to me rookie year. you lessons, yeah. He would talk to me rookie yeah. year. Football season brings back many traditions we know and love. Touchdown dances, pick sixes, strip sacks, game-winning sacks, 
tackles, hitting the quarterback, and watching it all with friends in a cooler Miller Lite. The action on the field is reliable year after year. Pair it with the most reliable light beer, Miller Lite. My perfect Miller Lite situation, there's crisp, the leaves are turning, I got a cooler full of Miller Lights. It's just warm enough to sit outside, maybe an outdoor TV, and I got about 12 to 16 of those bad boys in my cooler. <laughs> and I have three friends over because I'm drinking responsibly. Miller Lite is the perfect beer for football Sundays because of the dependable taste, your friends love it, it's got low calories and carbs, and it's just a sleek, beautiful can. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been a mainstay in the stadium, at the tailgate, and in your fridge. No matter how your team plays, Miller Lite always provides a winning experience. With only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounce serving, your only concern is the next third down conversion. And Miller Lite tastes like beer. Because if you're a beer lover, you don't want watered down flavor. You want the original light beer. Football season brings back the big hits, so reach for the biggest of them all, Miller Lite. You can find Miller Lite pretty much everywhere beer sold. Or go to MillerLite.com slash Greenlight for delivery options near you. It's Miller Time, official beer partner of the Greenlight Podcast. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team. Doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts. You just need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed helps star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding, Indeed assessments help take the stress out of the interview process. Your candidates get to prove themselves before the interview, and you can dive deeper into talking about what's important to you. Even better, Indeed's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest 2019. Visit indeed.com slash greenlight to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash greenlight. Indeed.com slash greenlight. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, uh, the whole experience, like, again, back to that locker room, you know, I know we talked about it earlier, but just the special nature of the connections and the depth that things grew. And back, like, to what I'm doing now is, like, I, I you know, the gym – for me, I always felt like I was moderately talented. Tell people what the gym is. Yeah, so I've talked about it on the pod, but you got to hear it from no Dan. doubt. So it, it, for me, it was like the gym was my sanctuary, is where I could take like moderate talent and like be better and reach yeah. bigger potential. You know what I mean? Like, and so through that, when I started a gym in Texas post football, yeah. I was training combine guys, getting ready for the NFL, NFL guys. Like it was going well. You know, like it, it had a bunch of flu. I was tra training the Staubach family, like having like yeah. it, it was it was great. And then I started. I, I met a staff sergeant, Travis Mills, a quadruple amputee, 
and asked him if he'd work out with me. He was like, dude, you're an asshole. I don't have arms and legs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, check, but like, I think you should come, you There's know? There's a way. And he came, and, yeah. and, and pretty soon all the, everybody else lost an excuse of like, oh, my, how can my hand, my hand be sore, you yeah. know? And he was doing big sled pulls and doing different things, and then I had five guys and 10, and then yeah. and I wasn't charging anybody. Right. And uh, I was actually sleeping sometimes at the gym because I couldn't manage it all, man. And uh, one night I came home at like 2 a.m. It's a true story. My wife had like that one interrogation light on on, on the kitchen table. Yep. She was sitting there. Sit. And I came around the corner, and she goes, do I have to be missing an arm or a leg for you to put the same type of focus and attention on me and our family? And I was like, Phew. like, fuck, dude. Like, it was one of those, you know, like. Rock in a hard place. Man. And, I, and, and you know what she said, which was Spartan. It was badass, dude. She's, shout out to my wife, man. Special. She said, there's no mission without a margin. Like, I never heard that before. And I was like, and she's like, you got to make a choice. And so I closed the for-profit. I was like, all right, I'm going to trust this, this ride, you know? And that was eight years ago. We, and it's been great, man. We've raised over $15 million. We put over 400 people through our uh, nine week program, which is like, it just redefines their life, man. The people think it's the gym and the physical and spinal cord injuries, amputees, most of which are veterans, mm -hmm. first responders, which is like, I come from background in military, three generations. And I played football, had the privilege of that. But I always feel like, man, what, what if I would have gone and served? What would that look like? Mm -hmm. So to do it in the gym and give these people an opportunity to integrate back into society, like have a way to share their story. And then they come back as trainers after they graduate our program and they can earn money mm -hmm. by doing and paying this thing forward. Like it's a pretty cool ecosystem. And to me, you know, it, it's hard work. A year, I, I said this earlier in an interview, like you have the you are very involved in water boys to the point of climbing the actual mountain. Yeah, fuck, like, man, I got <laughs> you got to climb again this year. Yeah, I'm going again in February. You're an idiot. Um, <laughs> I, I, but I do you believe too. I am too. I know. Idiot I know. Doing all this good stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, but it is, it's like, dude, it, it, and it's been such a powerful thing for my kids. I got yeah. three kids, nine, seven, and two, like especially nine and seven, the girls, their best friends, like they asked for wheelchair Barbie for Christmas. Yeah. They're stoked about like, you know, their friends coming over missing legs and they talk to them about the stories and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's been incredible but at the same time you know like you're doing life with people have experienced some wild stuff man how's that changed you yeah i think there's a lot of times that like dude you can only do so much for someone like that lead to horse of water and in between that is like I, I, dude you just i feel like the the ecosystems that we have lived in in football have been kind of culturally replicated in the gym and you see people start to bridge that gap between a veteran and a civilian because the through line is their trauma. Mm -hmm. And like, I've seen amazing things happen. Uh, I got to marry two of our athletes this past uh, two years ago. And like, th those are the things that I'm like, man, I'm just really stoked to have started something that's now got this larger ripple effect. I think the same thing is true, not just with what you're doing in Africa, but the people, I mean, our Keeley group thread Yes. that we have it's is lot, it's dude. the best dude i love like it's it's crazy that it's still a couple years three years out four years out yeah it, well those were some years that just kind of <laughs> yeah lot, those were hard lagged years. i can't figure out which one but yeah it's crazy because that that's the bond that you share 
And no so question. to do this stuff at the gym is awesome and feels but good. I, in kind of like a, a, you know, sidebar about the whole thing, you know, whether it's Killy or whether it's your gym, um, like I think being a part of a team, you know, just coming back to not feeling alone, no like doubt. having a purpose and not feeling alone. No doubt. And like, I feel like people get that opportunity at your gym yeah. and hopefully the vets and the athletes too, that we bring together on Killy feel the same thing because, you know, you just talked about the group chat. All of a sudden I got 15 friends that are yeah. always fucking, they're always typing. Yeah. You know, like you open your phone, I got 17 text messages <laughs> and it's, it's a good thing. It's yeah. like, bro, it's nice to have somebody's out there. Well, you, you got people you're like, you're lonely. You got like Bo Allen fucking, and yeah. Jason Kelsey. And like you your friends like, are here, dude. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden I got a bunch of new friends and yeah. what's, what's really fun is like watching people make friends. Like watching your buddies, yeah. you know, kind of connect. Dude, and, I love meeting Rob Ninkovich. Yeah. Or Hello Tinata. Like yeah. those are people that I see and talk to like every week. Hell yeah, dude. That was a great class too. Yeah. Tell who do you remember was on that class? So Haloti retired at the top. Yeah, that was epic. Like uh, I don't think people realize Chris was pushing Haloti <laughs> from the back and then our guide Orca had his poles and he was yeah. pulling him from the front. Yeah. Actually, well, hey, here's he a had fun a flag in his bag. Yeah, that said that said, you know, I'm done or whatever. I'm retiring on top. And and so I'm thinking, like, well, number one, I want Big Cat to retire. Love this guy. No doubt. Number two, like one of the best human beings ever. We call him God Emperor because he, <laughs> like, he just just rule the world, man. Like presence. His, yeah, his presence is so big, dude. Uh, he he legitimately was set on getting up to the top. And when we were sitting on the rim, which is kind of a false summit, I was like, yeah, man, I'm with you till the end. Like, and it was kind of like to encourage him. But then when I realized 15 minutes later is I'm like really with him to the end, like you're going to push gonna, him. We're going to go Physically. together. <laughs> it's like this Ford Ranger has to get Which, up the mountain. Just so you realize like that last bit is like a couple hours, but like it, it's the worst couple hours. It, it, it is because that reach of altitude is so significant at that yeah, point. Yeah. So, yeah. so Haloti was up there and we saw him later get, kind of like he was getting gurneyed down. We yeah, were all like rickshaw cart that he blew out because he was so big. <laughs> like 12 Tanzanian dudes. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. I wish we would have got shots yeah, of that. that. That was that was remarkable. Like it, you, normally you'd have three or four people operating this. There was 12. Yeah, because we've quarters. seen like middle-aged women go down on the fucking mountain with like an Achilles. Yeah. And they, it takes two dudes to Easy. just, you know, get her down. And Haloti had a whole caravan. He it was incredible. It. And this was mid, because we said Kelsey was there. Uh, Bo was there. Kelsey had just come down the mountain, and we were arguing. Oh, and I've talked yeah. about this argument on the pod before. But It was beyond Ke epic. Kelsey was so mad. He, that Chris talked him into this? <laughs> he was mad. He was mad that the mountain <laughs> was high. It. I was like, bro, the, did you see the mountain? Did you Google the mountain? Did you read about the trip? Like, what part of 19 and a half thousand feet with snow on top of it did you not like think was gonna feel like that <laughs> we got down in the fucking in the mess tent and we're arguing and shit and i'm pretty sure the only thing that kept us from like actually like hating each other that day lack was of energy Haloti, well was Haloti's caravan yeah that's like that so, too. like we were like motherfucker he's like <laughs> You didn't warn me. And I was like, warn you? Use a fucking computer. And then somebody's like, Haloti's here. And we just stopped what we were doing and walked outside. Yeah. This guy's coming down on a fucking, they're like running it's him down. It's biblical, you guys. Yeah. It's biblical at this point. It was point. incredible. The way the light was hitting everything. Yeah. And yeah, that was, there was some moments. 
Bo Allen was in a really desperate state. Like, (laughs) when I tell you, like, you know when your friend's puking and he's retching, like, to the point (laughs) that, like... Like to his toenails, like yeah. flying uh-huh, out of his, uh-huh. and I, f- you feel so bad for the guy. What can you do though? Uh, he, I don't. Yeah, be more prepared. <laughs> That's be more prepared, Bo. He Allen. was so mad at be better because we laughed. What are you gonna do? Yeah, that, there wasn't a lot of sympathy Again, coming out it was of hard, us. It's hardship. You don't get a lot of yeah. pure sympathy on that mountain. No. <laughs> All right. So back to your gym. Yes. Do you think it it helped you? I mean, obviously, it helped you transition. And yeah. you talked about, Purpose, and I've yeah. never asked you a lot of questions about this, but no. like you went down a dark road. Yeah. So like, when did you know, Hey, I got to turn right. I think, uh, bro, I, this is actually a true story. So like night three in detox, I was like puking and shitting myself. Yeah. Like did know up from down day from night, like was in a war against withdrawal and like where I detox, I like detox outside of Seattle, like in this like, like Providence hotel or hotel <laughs> hospital. And it was definitely not a hotel. This thing was like, like they use old school ways of detoxing you, but I kind of needed to feel it. What's an old school way? So like barbiturates to come off of like certain opiates and benzos rather than like sometimes they'll just taper you off benzos because it's a lot more gentle or whatever. But there was a part like I kind of needed that. And dude, it was heavy. And at one point I like uh, tried to get out of bed to take this food to the microwave. And it was, I just couldn't even stand up, man. And like the broken plate shattered on the ground and the nurses ran in and I'm just like, I'm literally helpless. And they like... I thought they were trying to help me clean it up, but they like restrained me because they thought I was going to use the plate. Yeah. Like, which I get in the format that they're in. Yeah. It's just, it's sad. It's sad. And it was like, dude, it wasn't that many months ago that I was like playing for the Seahawks too. So like, how the fuck did I get here? When'd you get those pills? When'd you start getting those pills? I mean, I started hitting them. Like when I got the concussion in St. Louis, which ultimately like led to the release. Yeah. Yeah. Like violent. Yeah. I mean, I remember saying bye to you where you gave me the hope rock. (laughs) Which is a fun story too. Yeah, about a gas Achilles. station ornament. You know, Chris's like Chris's locker looked the like more the, trinkets, the white trash more trinkets yard. than yeah, a Jersey gas station. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll come back to that. Yeah. The Hope Rock, but but I remember getting cut then, and then like it was just a heavy. Like I just I did I didn't cope right. Yeah. Like I, I think part of that there was a couple things that evolved right, but like you know what do I have without football? It was certainly a question. You know, even though I knew like. I mean, I had a college degree and I had opportunities. Like, it wasn't like I was a deadbeat, like football was my only path. Well, but you don't think that way. You can't with think. Your, with your brain, 100%. with your like active brain, but subconsciously sometimes your identity is telling you like your yeah. ego is telling you, no, you ain't shit anymore. 100% is dark. And that feeds that. And so anyway, that was like a really heavy start of it and then in seattle and i didn't play well in seattle like it wasn't like uh, for me like there was a couple highlights for me i can think of but there was there wasn't any consistency and i think a lot of it was the coping isn't it funny how insecure we are and i had no idea you didn't play well in seattle you're one of my best friends like i I was not paying attention to how you were playing in seattle when i'd see you on the field before the game i just want to give you a hug yeah right you know what i mean like that's crazy like and i didn't i wasn't like how's david playing it's like people don't give a shit about your prop like most of your shit is like the i still 
picket my career and shit. You Dude, know, like I still think about things and I'm like, people aren't thinking about that shit. You're the only one thinking about it. I think about like before training camp, like I always felt like there was a, a moment and this might be just like hitting the pillow or something where I'm like, do I fucking do I have it? Oh, every night. You know what I mean? Dude. And like every and like training night. camp is a little like just mental like just mind trap mm -hmm. of like and I feel Gibson and I were just talking new about guys. this. There's new guys. Man, everything youth. is so, there's so much out of your control and the mental of all that like it's warfare, man, within. Yeah. And I, I always think about that too cuz those are things that I know like refined us, but those are things that like those were heavy. Yeah. too. So anyway, the the mental side for me was really where I just didn't I didn't cope well man but but back to that detox and coming out of that there's a nurse that came in that night Tina was her name and she do she sat with me I swear she like skipped shifts and stuff to like be there for me and that like was the beginning I swear in that moment I said dude okay I'm gonna figure out where where I'm gonna go and that was like dude where where can I where where's David able to be David in a different ecosystem and make an impact you know but I had to find like where's my passion and training was that and then you know I, I had a couple great mentors that fostered that and it was like bang 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 and I was off on to you know being able to connect and and there was a story that Howard Schultz Starbucks did that led to us being with Obama and then the Ellen show and like the trickle-down effect of all yeah. that's led to big corporate sponsors I mean yeah. like the story piece is given a platform for these athletes to be able to stand up and be proud of their you know unique story and uncommon approach to what they're doing and that's the type of people i want to be around you know like uncommon people that are real people that don't want to uh you know just act like they have one identity yeah people that are like man you can like a lot of different things and be good at a lot of yeah. different things hell yeah dude so with all this you know we're all going through our ups and downs even if on the surface like when somebody when i see your profile picture on your website <laughs> i'm like look at that dapper <laughs> motherfucker his, his hair looks good he's got a suit on he's got that david that smile like but everybody's wearing some shit like you know what i mean and on the yeah. surface everything looks easy yeah and it ain't it ain't easy for me it ain't easy for you no. like you know i think i think that's one of the reasons i enjoy doing this pod is because Sometimes we get to talk about shit and I'll randomly get a message and be like, I was struggling, I've been listening to your pod. Like yeah, that's cool. it makes me feel normal or whatever. And that's why sharing your stories, like I, I know it's kind of corny and everybody's doing it now, but everybody should be talking. Yeah. And like, you know, like it's corny for me to say, by corny, I don't mean the stories. I mean, it's corny for me to say this, but like people draw like comfort from knowing they're not alone. You know what I mean? Dude, the human experience is pretty synonymous, bro. Yeah. And life doesn't discriminate whether you like what color you are, what your bank account says, where you come from. So like the, the net of all of that is like what we can find some levity yeah. <laughs> and like sometimes people need to laugh. Sometimes people yeah. need to hear you be like, dude, I struggle with this, you yeah. know? And like all of that is, I think about people like Nate Boyer, right? Yeah. Shout uh, out but Nate. Like, like those are the types of people that I think make such an effect and I strive to be, I admire people like that. I admire yeah. so many people in my life. I admire you, bro. And like yep. the way Likewise. you approach what you do, because it, it's, it's intentional. Yeah. How many people are just okay with not making it intentional, not choosing what they want to do, not yep. being in control. Oh, I, it's no, I have no choice. I want to control it. <laughs> but with that comes, you know, powerful decision and then discipline to be able to execute. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. WinBet is now offering $200 in free bets for new users. 
That's right, $200, 200 big ones on a $50 bet. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down, don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. Cuts Clothing has perfected the art and science of men's shirts, so you can throw one on and look great without ever thinking twice about it. Plus, Cuts has all the essentials for looking sharp, like tees, hoodies, polos, and more, so you can look as sharp as your favorite athlete on game day. There are countless athletes who wear Cuts, including myself and some of my favorite fellow athletes like Rob Gronkowski, Damian Lillard, and even baseball legend Mariano Rivera. I wear my tailored shirt in particular around the office because you know it's casual, but it's also fitted. It looks good, it looks professional. I can kind of, I can slide into a business meeting, but I'm also comfortable. I can do my job in comfort, but I can wheel and deal in the office when we have business folks in. Cuts has totally revolutionized the traditional outdated t-shirt category. They make it easy to mix and match styles and colors so you can find the perfect style. Long sleeve Henley, no problem. Short sleeve crew neck, they've got it. These are some of the best quality t-shirts you'll own. They're engineered to last and won't fall apart after a few washes. These aren't fast fashion shirts, these are cuts. For the next three days only, they're having their biggest sale ever. If you go to cutsclothing.com slash greenlight, you can get 25 to 50% off on the entire site. That's cutsclothing.com slash greenlight for 25 to 50% off the only shirt worth wearing. And if you're hearing this after, you can still get 15% off your first order. That's cutsclothing.com slash greenlight. This is so funny. The other night we were at dinner, David came over. My parents had just gotten back in town, so there was this big convergence of people. We were eating dinner, and Dave came up and hadn't seen my parents in a while. Yeah. So that was cool. And then, uh, and then we were just talking, and we got on the topic of drugs. And like, <laughs> uh, you know, my dad's pretty straight edge. Big how? And ayahuasca comes up because How'd Dave, your dad say it? He goes, no, all the other stuff, okay, David, but the, this ayahuasca... <laughs> Ayahuasca seems like it's a little, and I was like, "Hey, he definitely hasn't secretly done ayahuasca, because <laughs> uh, this is uh, this yeah, is heavy on, on heavy. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't say it like that, Dad. But like, how have I don't know psychedelics or you know that experience? Where did you go for ayahuasca? Yeah, I've done it a number of times, man. I've done it uh, out of the country. I've done it stateside in some private groups. Is it intentional? Like yeah, it, it's man, not like I just want to cross it off my bucket dude, list. This is not a recreational. Right, like, exactly. It's an exactly. experience. It's not like eating mushrooms and go to a festival or concert. Exactly. Or, you know. exactly and dude. I also think mushrooms can be used in a ceremonial, like in a very intentional clinical if you're way. you're in the woods. Well, woods, but nature. Not if you're slamming 10 beers. and No, no, no. Nature is critical, God. I feel like. And set and setting, man, being with trusted people. This yeah. is what we were talking about with your dad because your dad's like, no way I'm in a circle with a bunch of weirdos singing you know <laughs> yeah he just my dad's like i'm good with my glass of red wine yeah uh, but but the ayahuasca thing you're like you're doing it for a reason yeah i think like you got to prepare in the way that you prepare and the way that you come into that very earnestly like i've done it in some groups of some remarkable people man and and uh 
Jake Plummer being one of them. I know we share that yeah. mutual friend. And for me, like the deep experience and when you're with a bunch of like men in the alphas, like I was in a group of amazing warriors and I felt like that like gave me permission to like really kind of surrender the experience. I know Aaron Rodgers has talked about his whole thing and whatever, but it has given me, um, guidance and also just sort of like a different perspective yeah. like I, and i and part of it isn't always like great because yeah. here's what i'll say like whether it's that or 5meo like you it's hard to come back from that experience and be like so how was your job today like you don't there's a plane of like once you've experienced you've pierced behind the veil you're like all right how do i relate back what's in actually this? important yeah and then, and that's really positive. You can make dude effective change, but you know, there's times where like, dude, I was literally it, like my insides being ripped apart. Like, like in a way that like showed me that like, dude, I, where I was like storing just, just, just like, I think for part of my football career too, was like driven by this, like, like masochistic kind of like you know like the motivating factor was this like you're not good enough you're not, like you know you're always you, you're, you're yeah. always pounding this rock and it's just not gonna break yeah yeah like, no amount of pounding that rock yeah. is gonna break the rock yeah and so <laughs> that like need to feel enough was yeah. like dude the breakthrough for me was like and it is it's like grandma like imagine bro have you ever been diving like a deep sea or underwater no okay that's i was thinking about the cliff divers in the grill <laughs> <laughs> at, at rick's no i haven't been to rick's yet go ahead <laughs> if it's in, if it's dark wherever you turn your light or your head yeah. torch right you're in the woods it's yeah. dark it like illuminates whatever cliff that divers is are cool <laughs> they are <laughs> cool dude God, the guys are up there really high <laughs> i'll go with you okay go, go ahead uh but i end up <laughs> she's like illuminating like things like you she's just like like she she you're doing the you're saying the mother ayahuasca thing it's I real am. it's real it's real yeah it's Did very you see real a serpent uh i saw a lot of jaguars at one point i had like like what am i supposed, supposed to do with these paws <laughs> like type of thing where you're like <laughs> all right you it's felt like weird. an animal yeah and it's interesting because the jaguar has like this rich tradition where i was in costa rica yeah. like peruvian was the 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 host and the shaman that we had and anyway i'd say this like i i don't encourage anybody to dip their toe into any of that stuff if they don't feel like they're called to it one right. two have right set and setting have right. done their research have, prep, have prepared in a way that makes it sacred because i think there is a lot to get out of it. you you know the lowered inhibition the ability to like see things from a different perspective yeah. and it is like a thousand nights of therapy in one night yeah which is rapid and it's a lot and yeah you might throw up it might uh, but not probably. for sure i mean there's been times where i hadn't but there's other times where like purged a lot so the process is you go down there you meet a shaman right or you know a shaman probably before you go down there yeah, right i did like you hear from somebody else or you met somebody in the states and they yes. hook you up with a you got to go down there because it's legal down there right correct so you go down there and what happens like like take me through the, the uh, training camp i need an itinerary <laughs> yeah the itinerary is actually it is there's a format to the whole thing dude yeah. but when you you know again there, there's a preparation phase there's you coming into circle so ceremony like is in a maloka like a like a, a thatched roof open air which is beautiful and like the jungle is alive and there's like it's it's just now like sunsetting because they don't pour before sunsets so everything has like a lineage to it right and it's actually marvelous to like the 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 
the, just the magic, the alchemy that occurs in, in, in the song. So the Ikaros, so these ancient ancestral songs. And so Inai is this shaman, she's amazing. And she pours and so she whistles the Ikaros out of the bottle before she serves. And like we honor like, dude, it's, it's a really special about hour to hour and a half before you even begin being served. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, like as the sun sets, you're, you're served and she brings you up one at a time and like says a prayer over you. It's a very like special, special no, experience. Like, here, dude, coach. it's special. And she has like an altar right in front of her and there's like, you know, crystals and, and, and beauty like all around. And one of the circles, everyone was asked to bring flowers. So there's this bouquet of like, you know, 30,000 like flat different types of flowers insane like setting and then we we all take it and then we start to get into the night and she begins to sing and she plays different instruments and guides you through and knows how to move the energy and sometimes she's coming over and fanning over you and depending on I mean I've watched her move and like this whole side of the room will purge like the energy that like and then all of a sudden like it'll change and it'll move over to this side and like the way people are experiencing it's like this crazy energetic dance and it's like inception it's like a dream within yeah. a dream type of thing yeah. where you're like experiencing different things but the support that you feel and the way that it moves throughout the night is just fascinating and then i remember my first uh ceremony was with rashad evans mm -hmm. rashad's my brother yeah. like dude i'm unbelievable I've heard good things about him and uh and i ends the night with this water ceremony she went out there was snow outside um this wasn't in costa rica actually this was in colorado side note <laughs> there's always ways yeah, there's, there's ways. always ways but yeah. we're in the snow and she goes out and like she, a snow she dips <laughs> she dips into this like open stream and brings this water back yeah and then she serves everyone like oh, after man. this night and it's so powerful yeah. i feel like i'm in an mgmt music video dude and you probably needed that water bad i needed that water bad and then uh she brings all of those flowers she had brought into a sound bowl yeah. and taken all the petals off so there's yeah. like 25 pounds of flower petals in yeah. this sample. Yeah. And she walks around and she's like showering people as she sings, yeah. like in singing yeah. their name into these songs. And I'll never forget it. I'm like getting showered with these flowers and like loving it. And I look up and I see Rashad Evans and he's like, <laughs> he's having fun. He's having fun. And he's looking at me like, it just feels <laughs> so, yeah. and I'm like, this is cool. So you, so, so, so cool. you can feel like your, your party. I mean, it's obviously much deeper than a party, but no, you, no, no. I mean, most of that, that's at the end of the Rashad night. Evans sounded that's like he was having night. fun. That's okay. the end of the night. So, so you're going to go through it for a good here's, six, eight Here's hours. the way I think about ayahuasca. Obviously here are some words that come to mind for me. Powerful. Yes. Fulfilling, like violent mm -hmm. at times, mm -hmm. uh, terrifying at mm -hmm. times. Would would you say that that's all four are valid and 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 uh, and blissful at times? Yeah, like all those things. It sounds like, yeah. but I do. He I, I imagine like a night vision camera, like Blair Witch style, and people are just puking everywhere on the ground, <laughs> and like you know, it's a lot of suffering. Or is that what's the feeling? Like, can you yeah. describe the feeling in that moment? Not what you took from it, but like, how does it feel? There's times it feels uh, incredibly heavy like viscerally heavy yeah and also like yeah like the i mean dude it doesn't taste great like it tastes like a root like a deep black licorice like thick and sometimes there's even it chunks in your in it so like yeah like you're not gonna like not taste it, especially if you purge yeah 
And so like there's there's a feeling of nausea that comes with just from the like effect of the concentrated substance you just took. Yeah. But you have to try to keep it down. It's like that shroom puking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, worse, probably a but lot heavy. worse. Yeah, but heavier. <laughs> um, but there's also, here's one thing I'll say, that back to the purging thing, which I know people hate throwing up, and people hate throwing up in front of people. Like, it's just not I'd rather thing. throw up in front of people than shit in front of people. Well, that's fair. I mean, or hopefully you don't poop in front your of people. Oh, you Do would I have dance. to dance? You would dance for sure. Do I have to dance? You don't have to dance. Okay. You don't have to leave your I'll mat, but you would dance for sure. I could see you dancing like a <laughs> cave bear. Yeah, yeah. 100%. But the puking thing, if you've had... Times where you're like, dude, I just can't do this. If you give yourself permission to like do that in front of other people in a way that like accepts, like there's something about being vulnerable in that piece. But what about the anxiety? I'm not worried about puking on people. What I'm worried about is like the massive panic of being trapped in this state and like I just can't get out. I think you get like, like, like imagine a really bad trip. Yeah. Or like a really, you know, somebody gave me a thousand milligrams of. <laughs> You know, marijuana yeah you know like and i'm just trapped i think it's less consuming i think you get what you need not necessarily what you wanted but there's sight there's like a there's a way that it's facilitated yeah. that is supposed to be exactly what you're supposed to receive and i know that sounds real woo-foo man woo-foo. but there's a there's a there's a truth to it and there's a way that like you have to come into that state with open open man you yeah. cannot have it you can have an intention or whatever Bro, i can do anything for 12 hours how long does this last so dude would it, you rather do some at night or ayahuasca <laughs> i would i both are both have their moments uh <laughs> The Ibogaine was like 18 hours. It was like the heaviest, craziest. It comes from the Iboga root. Uh-huh. That's the wildest. And then the 5-MeO is the like va- like the toad venom. Yeah. The that you smoke. That is the rocket ship. Have you done DMT? Yeah. So that's 5-MeO yeah. is DMT. I haven't done, say, I've yeah. never done artificial yeah. DMT. Yeah. But I mean, same thing, like the God particle, like yeah. this. I mean, that was the most significant experience. Like the I've DMT. Ever, yeah. Really? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was just, it was the most difficult. Like you go to the void like there is no thingness dead death and then you end up like coming back and you're like what's that 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 void feel like the scariest thing you've ever felt and then the freest thing you've ever felt and then there's this like moment where like all of a sudden everything is white light like to the point that you just realize like all things get reclaimed to eternity and infinity man Like, like you're like it's all i remember mike tyson talking about it and not wanting to come back from that, like when he was in that moment, and then yeah. like slowly faded out yeah. of it. But it was like being reborn, man. Yeah. So when you die, you're gonna feel good. I I, th- I genuinely believe like everything is reclaimed, man. When we pass, like reclaimed by what? In perfect order, man, is what it was supposed to be. We just don't know what that order is. Yeah, I mean, we're not supposed to. I think that's the, where faith comes in, and people can identify with different ways that that things reclaims. But I, I I'll tell you what, the the psychedelic side for me and like brain stuff and otherwise like what jake has done and what we're doing with umbo the mushrooms i mean it doesn't have to be psychedelics by the way because i was raving about this the the mushroom tinctures adaptogens like i'll take all types of shit um and not feel anything any difference people will be like this will fix your life but that that shit's the real deal man no doubt man the jake is the real deal and uh umbo is is I'm excited about what, like, when you make products the right way and they have a good quality concentrate, 
you should feel a difference. Yeah. These are potent substances. They should be, you should, right? Yeah. So it shows you like the quality of products that are out there. Yeah. They're claiming adaptogens and other stuff. And then what Umbo's doing that is the real deal. And we didn't skip any corners. And it's an expensive product for a reason. And people, for people listening, if you like, we're not talking about like psychedelic mushrooms. Yeah. Which we also love. Yeah, these are functional mushrooms. These are everyday. But these are like, yeah, they're, they're cordyceps, cordyceps, lion's mane, uh, re- turkey reishi. tail, reishi. Yeah, yeah. There's a host of them, and they all do different things yeah. specifically. The formulation is is great, man. And I think you know, as we've gotten older too, like we realize like you know this and a little you know and a little bit of that is a little bit better than dude yeah absolutely you're writing a book yeah man book project is in order that's why i came out to charlottesville cheers to seville yeah i didn't want to i didn't want to break the news but yeah cheers to you becoming an author you know i'm working with a really cool writer uh out here anna catherine is a mutual mutual friend. friend yeah yeah um and uh shout out you know book is it's an interesting thing because there's like you know it's not a memoir it's not a self-help book what i'm talking about is these the people that i've served over the last decade the things they've taught me and some of the experiences that i've learned from right like there is stuff in my past and things that like football was a great pathway but the most important stuff is what i've learned over the last decade so you know it'll i think it'll appease to a, a sports fan yeah somebody that wants some funny like random like at all cost type of football yeah. stories um like remember the oil change yeah the football at all costs like uh having to pass a drug test oh yeah, yeah, yeah. using the yeah. catheter to oh use oil change yes T- can you tell us about that i mean it'll be in the book okay it's in the book yeah that's, that's good i know it's a it's a story and it's true i promise you that but yeah at all costs like i'm telling you there's times we had to do whatever we had to do to whatever you never had a fake dick though like, no no no, no. Uh, i mean it was a wizard i always laughed when like the the black dudes in the locker room that would have a white fake dick to, <laughs> to go into the do the p test you saw dudes with the fake dick yeah, yeah college guys Idaho, would, guys had the fake dick yeah i mean really? it only worked until it didn't when the black dude took it in and it was yeah, ruined like, it ruined it for everybody like golly dude the, like you got a pink dick. melanoma thing yeah, homie. Yeah, i got, yeah, a, I exactly. got a skin condition yeah i i um i, I never saw somebody actually try that for it worked for, I it think, was the cranberry juice for everybody the niacin or whatever 25 guys in the sauna just, just itching from itching. all the niacin and flushing but go ahead what you're writing a book <laughs> back to the book no i just no man the book is going to be a fun project like i don't know if the if anyone's listened or read david goggins book can't hurt me like goggins's audiobook where they like in between chapters they like kind of give some yeah. other stuff we're gonna have that kind of format yeah it's gonna be fun i'll have, have uh met him huh have you met david i have goggins? not met him seems like he lives it Oh, yeah, I think he's as real as, yeah, that's not just, yeah, that's, it's him. <laughs> yeah. 100. That's refreshing. But no, I think that, uh, telling your story can be like a little uh-huh. bit stripping, Yeah, but at the same time, cathartic and, and feel like I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm leaving something dude that for my kids too. Yeah. You're right about that. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right about that. If nothing else, there's at least that. I don't read a lot. I'm going to read that book. I'm going to, I'll, we'll send you the audio book. Okay. Have you learned anything about yourself writing that book? (sighs) Yeah. It's been, it's been 
stripping. Yeah, it's yeah. been like it's felt like last. Like, I mean, last night we were supposed to hang out, and I passed yeah. out because I was yeah. just zonked, yeah, exactly. man. And I was here doing this shit. So. <laughs> uh, no, it's just yeah. I think it's it's about it's about being really transparent, and authentic. Because I think before, if I thought about it, I was like trying to present it. Yeah. Now it's like, man, I just want to share this. Yeah. And that's the way that I think people are reached. It's receivable. You know, whether whether I do it from the stage speaking or in the gym, man, it's about you know, helping people understand where you've come from and, and how you're connected. I think the world, the more people do that, dude, the better place we're going to be in. I'm with you, brother. David Vibora, thank you for the time. The yeah, book, where, where, when are we going to be able to, like a long time from now? It's, yeah, I mean, this isn't like a plug. Like, this is a book. Yeah, yeah. This is more of the conversation the of what the, yeah. what the focus is yeah. for it. But yeah, it'll be sometime in 23, hopefully. But we're going to push into it. And how can people help the gym? Man, Adaptive Training Foundation is just something you should follow on any yeah. social platform. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, you're going to get a hit of inspiration. Yeah. Stories are powerful. There's always, like, we just dropped, like, 70 limited edition acid wash teas. Your gear are, is, your dude. merch is good. And you know what? It's, uh, it was our athletes themselves took it out back and did it oh, all so, themselves. So everyone's awesome. individual. It's stuff like that, like back to intentional back to i think I, i'm people people don't realize like these are my friends like i had a veteran after one of our guys took his own life that this dude lived with us for eight months and became one of my best friends you yeah. know and like that's the that's the life that we've chosen and it's dude it's such a joy to to be around but you know it's it's every nine weeks we get a new class in yeah and there's new people to and yeah. so it takes it so you're giving something but you're gaining something totally like that's how it works yeah no right? it's totally like, it's well you know, it like is. you're trading your life a little bit but you're gaining a life dude yeah. like and you're gaining all these friends in this community yeah. and you're doing an untold amount of good things for them and yeah. they're doing the same for you so it's a really dope concept and i've been to Thanks, the gym bro. it's a beautiful place um great people down there so check them out yeah man i appreciate it man besides that like if you feel compelled to buy a t-shirt or give that's awesome because obviously everything's cost free to the people we serve but it's uh it's really uh i'll encourage anybody listening like if you're not you're talking about community locker room finding that group to do hard things with like that's where you're gonna find merit and consistency yeah. and get your dopamine hits there you know yep. That's a good that's a good drug to be on. Yeah, I'll take yeah. that all day. Yeah, man. David Vibora, Mr. Relevant is what I call him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, bro. Cheers. Cheers. Liquid Death. Murder your thirst. Give us some money, please.